let's stay where we are. No planes and no cars. Cause everywhere is too far. Let's stay where we are. Let's stay where we are. Like the mountains and the stars. Like two pickles in a jar. Let's stay where we are. Let's stay where we are. Let's stay where we are. Today, I am back in North America and I haven't been able to finish the podcast that I started over a year ago. So much has, I think I was waiting for the just right moment to share my father's poem with the world and he had a deep desire, my father Ray. Raymond Charles Lewis, born up in Lake Linden, Michigan. And I've returned to North America, which is the homeland of my father's, 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 like that, and um, mother's too. So I've returned to the homeland and I have had in my possession for now over over 14 years or perhaps longer a poem that I found in my father's home after he had passed on to the better place and it's a poem that's written on four paper plates and I've wanted to share this poem for a long time so I'm going to share it for this final podcast of the first era of my podcasting which I'm now wrapping up and beginning again moving to a new beautiful place Door County Wisconsin where I can be in tune with the community and nature, the farmlands, and in the bustle of um, commercial life there, people love to visit, so it's a place where people come and enjoy. There's a wonderful writer center there, right on Door County. There's an incredible theater, the Northern Sky Theater, and lots of flourishing, beautiful little communities of vineyards and restaurants and coffee shops and honey bakeries, this kind of thing, and also art galleries and creativity, earth-based creativity, my kind of thing, right up my alley. So um, I'll be transitioning up to that gorgeous peninsula for uh, as soon as I can. I'm in Wisconsin now, happy to be here 
and here's the poem. The Big Dipper is too low in the sky to see above the trees. Immense, tiny clusters and mist of the Milky Way. A cow almost brays or honks, lapping and lap and soft, slapping the water across the water. The cow almost brays. Were it only this yet ever presence, I know, this grow up here around these stars, the cool of the late autumn, the wood fire, today the young preacher talking sensible death to the radio, and today a picture, a photograph. I never so much as touched her hand, and her wedding picture has turned me back so deep inside against the outside world. I want to go again away. I want to walk again alone. I want to kneel some place to be beat to death. Moved on waters and asleep on land. Here now I remember a feeling. My father writes, I want to kneel someplace and be beat to death. Moved on waters and asleep on land. Here now, I remember a feeling.
button, Stream of Consciousness Podcast. Who the heck wants to listen to that? I do! Okay, I've got some poems in the podcast today. I've got some new music in the podcast today. And I've got some little bit of comedy for you. And I hope you find it nourishing. I hope you feel connected. I got a tooth sticking out my num num. researcher and I was so happy to hear from him we last saw each other like gosh when I was like 18 in London I probably showed up his house and I used to go out to these clubs in London and then I would walk to his house about five or six in the morning on a Sunday and he would always be happy to see me and I'd come in with my friends and we'd have bagels and coffee and catch up and then he wouldn't see me again and then I disappeared out of his life and I just heard from him and he's a biologist so um he does research on sea cucumbers so I wrote him this song ready sea cucumber sea cucumber sea cucumber I wrote you a song because sea cucumber Sea cucumber, sea cucumber, your DNA is strong. I know you're going to survive the apothecine. You can do it and we're going to help because we love you. We adore you, we think about you and don't wash up on a shore. Be a friend to me. Says the sea cucumber, if he could sing, he'd sing, be a friend to me. Sea cucumber, we got your back. Stream of consciousness. So I was thinking about my podcast this morning and yesterday I listened to a podcast and it was so... It was so blinking well helpful. 
and informative and it's brilliant and I'm going to share it. it share the podcast link it's an Australian therapist and she's dedicated to sharing and speaking about I think she's a journalist actually that's why the podcast is so good it's really one of the best that I've heard I'm just so, so lucky that I randomly found it and um, so I listened to it and what came to mind for me when I was listening to that podcast is how beneficial it is as the podcast like I just got so much information and I shared it with a client and I, I hope that she I feel that she'll get a lot from that podcast too it could be life-changing in a lot of ways I feel like some having a piece of information like that when you just rightly need it is life-changing and for me you know I had to be, it had to be books really I guess well it, it comes in different ways doesn't it it could be an encounter with someone a conversation that you have that something in that conversation kind of lights a little uh, fire inside you a little uh, a little spark um, yeah a uh, tinder kindling kindling that's the word yeah so something in a conversation might kindle begin to kindle something within and then maybe another book that you read can the kindling you know blows a little air on that and it starts to take flame and then maybe you read a book or, or see a movie or something but really I am talking about information that you know is not of the not, not it, it's sort of wisdom I think is the wisdom information I'm talking about not necessarily that you're emotionally connecting but that you're getting some information that you need and you know it's like yeah a clue isn't it yeah it's like a clue this dream that because that's what it feels like to be on the path you know you don't you just don't have a bird's eye view you don't have you only have the limited technology that you have to navigate through you can't see everything and you also have time you know so you have the limitations of which you're navigating through um, and so really you rely on these very essential clues or markers along the way you know ah okay signposts uh, indications so um i know i'm being very abstract as i am aren't i when i speak i'm always it's much easier for me to stay in a kind of stream of consciousness This, that's actually exactly what the podcast is. That's the form, is a stream of consciousness. Which is a way of writing, isn't it? Automatic writing. And it's a way of allowing the unconscious to offer itself at its own rhythm. And that's what these writers did. Um, you know, James Joyce. And so uh, James Joyce and Faulkner are the big male 
kind of European giants, but I'm sure that this stream of consciousness is a very old tradition, pre-modern, old in terms of uh, indigenous, uh, yeah, uh, rooted, it's a root, like everything that goes back further. But anyway, growing up in the way I did, within the bubble that I grew up, of the Western culture bubble, <laughs> that was burst, luckily, that bubble kept getting burst, and it, and, uh, it has to. We hope it does get burst, um, as because bubbles don't last forever, do they? They're supposed to get popped, like the womb. We're in there for a while, and then. So the dream that I wanted to share was that I'd had a dream I was in the beautiful Welsh landscape before I moved here. This dream I had in Idaho when I was living by in Coeur d'Alene and I was just over the border in Washington state and I had a dream that I was walking through the beautiful Welsh mountains of Gwynedd here where I live now and this was before I lived here so this was perhaps seven years ago and in the dream I was finding little clues along the way like un there'd be a beautiful stone and I'd be looking at the stone and then in a crevice in that big rock there'd be like a little note for me that I would take out and I'd read and it would be something you know special like maybe a note from my aunt or my mum or my dad or and then I would find another little treasure that would be a clue that would be you know on a tree or just um, in the grass and I was so I was really navigating it was sort of like someone had left postcards there for me or signs or clues and so that's really all I have to get through life to be honest Okay, this is it. It's the end of the road. The leaves have all fallen. The last summer bird has full, flown full out of view. And I'm here in the desert Oh, the sun is my ally She's here for me But she's fading fast Oh, It's the end of the road.
grief is a theme that's important. And I found this lovely essay about welcoming the life that's yours. Written by Marnie Crawford Samuelson and Claire B. Willis. And um, it's a beautiful essay, very short, but quite perfect. So uh, the authors begin, we breathe, we are alive. And because we love, we feel the pain of losing. Nearly all of us grieve. We grieve the loss of a soulmate, the person or people we have held tight. We grieve for neighbors and colleagues, for people behind the numbers and charts in the news, for strangers whose stories we know, even if we've never met. We grieve places that we love that are disappearing or being harmed beyond recognition. So holding our grief <clears throat> and you know, the way that I held my grief, one way I held my grief this week was in a poem that I'd like to share with you. And in the spirit of writing this poem, the authors write, may I welcome the life that is mine and mine alone. May I welcome the life that is mine and mine alone. And that's a pretty sweet mantra and I do encourage you to write your own mantras. You know, it's a very personal thing, but it's a positive psychology tool. And I, I just wrote one, may I love and let go of all I've lost. May I love and let go of all I've lost. Anyway, I'm going to share the poem with you and I put some music to it. So in this theme of grief, we grieve for losses that we haven't yet experienced, these authors write, but fear will come. Fear will come. <clears throat> we worry that climate disruption, if that's, it, it, we can't even name it, but you know what I'm referring to, is already in our weather patterns and that the losses of ecosystems and the damage of bio, to biodiversity, the degradation of lands, the, the disgusting uh, putrefaction of the pure ocean life force, are, that all of this is bringing us down, bearing down on us, and beating us down, weighing us down, grinding us down psychically emotionally, physically, and threatening the most vulnerable communities always first. You know, we don't have our, our power yacht, our nuclear-proof, nuclear-bomb-proofed yacht to go inside, do we? And, you know, we're only going to be safe when people won't feel the need to protect themselves against things we should never have to protect ourselves against. So that's my 
my thought there. Perhaps you can begin to imagine a moment, these authors write, perhaps you can begin to imagine a moment where grief lifts just enough that you can see something, sense something changing. And I think that's a pretty profound moment. And I feel that I shared this moment this week in my own journey. And as I journeyed with a client, what, or a couple of clients, you know, we've journeyed together this week. And I think that we experience that, you know, where the, that cloud does shift a little and you get a sense of, ooh, it can lift, it will lift, it is lifting just enough that you can sense something's changing. And I think in that moment, you sense the old habits and behaviors don't sustain you anymore. That, that everything that these old habits and behaviors are very personal, but also very social. So, so in your own little mind and, and your own little world, but also in the world around you. And in this awareness, there's a recognition there that you have a chance. You have a chance right now. And in that chance, there's the hope. I have a chance right now. I don't have to succumb to despair. There's a chance, a glimmer of something fresh, a shiny fish suddenly in the water, perhaps. And perhaps it's a, for some people, this energy that comes up. There's also this sense of persistence, of grit and resilience, this sense of, wow, yeah, I can keep going. I can keep going. And I think that grit and resilience is in the song, Alleluia, I'm a bomb. I think that's what I like. There's a, that survivor's awareness, you know. And in that song, the hope isn't gone because it's like, Alleluia, you know. I can sit on my butt. <laughs> the world might be falling apart. I can sit down on my butt right now and take a deep breath. and. Uh, so that's about, I think, you know, that, that maybe you, you have a sense of something changing, but you also have this like kind of claiming your, your, your resilience, you know, the path that you've already walked. You're, you're the old hero, you're, you're Odysseus, you know. You've been around the block and it didn't kill you. Nothing killed you. You went through it all. Your spirit, you still love what you loved at the beginning. You still loved what you loved as a child, you know, when, when you come home. And so, you know, allowing ourselves to come home every day. How about that? And today's show is brought to you by Mr. Anthropocene. Ah, piss off. Fuck off, piss off. I'm a very special creature. There's this art of 
entering into another, seeing with the other's eyes, listening with the other's ears, feeling with the other's heart. Beautiful. I got a tooth sticking out my num num. Well, you can cry me a river, cry me a river. I cried a river over you.